just slipped that snow below my door And I can't hide beneath my sheets I've read the words before, so now I know the Time has come again for me And I'm feeling the same way all over again Feeling the same way all over again Singing the same lines all over again No matter how much I pretend Another day that I can't find my head My feet don't look like they're my own I try and find the floor below the stand I hope I reach it once again and I'm feeling the same way all over again feeling the same way all over again singing the same lines all over again no matter how much I pretend Listening to the real world with Dama and no one. <laughs> Just kidding, it's Dora. Um, for the listeners, I don't think any of you guys actually know the really funny joke that Dama and I play every week, which is that I, Dora, say Dama's name and Dama says my name. We did it the first episode and just kind of like as a mix up because we were like, oh my gosh, what's going on? Um, and now it's become tradition and we just do it every time and it's really cute. I think. <laughs> um, but Dama is not here. It's a solo real world today. Um, just want to really quickly before we get started in the show, um, want to acknowledge that we are broadcasting live from the unceded um, lands of the Musqueam, Tsleil-Waututh, and Coast Salish peoples um, here on UBC campus. Um, always really important to acknowledge because what happened there is crazy. <laughs> um, if you don't know about it, read up. It's pretty interesting. Um, I just played uh, Nora Jones' song off the song, off the album, or yeah, off the album Come Away With Me, I guess. Um, and it was called Feeling the Same Way. So, I'm feeling the same way. This week has been a freaking nightmare of terrible feelings just, like, cycling. Um, uh, CITR is a campus radio station. Um, I am a student. Uh, at UBC and my god <laughs> classes ended and the world just like crumbled um a lot of it was my own doing and I know that but um geez louise it was uh, it was exciting it's just been a lot of papers a lot of essays I actually handed a really interesting paper in yesterday um it was uh, for my contemporary sociological theory class, <laughs> and it was about like, like, I guess like social media personas um, with like digital and reality celebrities. So kind of like focusing mainly like using the Kardashians almost as like a case study, um, 
just because they're the most recognizable one. Honestly, case study is a loose word. Um, I mentioned them in my introduction. <laughs> but um, I kind of like talked about Foucault's idea of biopower um, and how like capitalist and the modern nation state societies um, like don't really overtly control humans anymore like it's not like threat of death it's more like trying to maintain and preserve the life forces like under the control and like perpetuating and sustaining and kind of growing that um through like maintaining and like kind of controlling ideologically the individual and then also the masses um so like that was like the main thing that I talked about and then I brought in this other guy, Habermas's idea of the public sphere, um, which is, like, it as, like, a space of political discourse and, like, open to really anyone. Um, and, like, said that, like, social media, like, is, and, like, the internet and the virtual plane, I wrote, like, the virtual plane, like, 12 times. And each time I was like, this is so funny. <laughs> the virtual plane. Um, but, like, then, like, how, like, biopower fits in like corporeal versus like digital bodies and then I talked about um oh what did oh Fanon who's this really important um African-American sociologist who like came up with this concept of dual consciousness within black communities where like you have your like like who you kind of like how you understand yourself is defined like through interactions that you have but, um, like, interactions with the white public um, creates this definition of yourself that's very different from your interactions with, like, your black communities. So, like, how black individuals kind of have two ideas of who they are and black communities have two ideas of who they are. Um, and then I was like, oh, and, like, you kind of, like, form these weird, like, who you are in your life versus, like, who you are online. It was really interesting. It was a really good paper. I think I freaking aced it. I'm not even going to sugarcoat it. Um, yeah, really rambly intro <laughs> to the real world. Sorry for boring you about my paper. Um, honestly, it was really good. I like can't get over how good it is. But it does kind of tie in because I worked really hard on that paper. And today was supposed to be um, all about Susan Sarandon, um, who is an amazing actress my lovely co-host Emma, I love her. She is one of my really good friends. She knows no celebrities. She didn't know who Eric Andre was. She didn't know who Dave Chappelle was. She didn't know who Susan Sarandon was. I'm just like, dude, what beautiful utopian world are you living in where you aren't exposed to all these celebrities? Well, I love celebrities, so it's not probably utopian for me, but gosh darn, like, this is Canada. <laughs> Jeez Louise. Um, really amazing that she's able to ignore and like not really engage with any of that. But she did not know who Susan Sarandon was. And I was flabbergasted. Um, I love Susan Sarandon. I think she is amazing. Um, and just like going through her filmography was like really satisfying. Um, because like she's one of those actresses where... I, like, knew that I really liked her, um, but I wasn't really sure why I really liked her. I was kind of like, oh, yeah, she's cool. But she was in Rocky Horror Picture Show. Um, that was one of her first movies. And that is so cool. Um, she was in Thelma and Louise. Really, really good movie. Um, actually, probably my favorite movie ever. Um, just she was, She's, like, almost, like, pure feminist. Like... I think there are a lot of actors and actresses out there who identify feminists, which is really important, but who, like, in, like, their body of work doesn't really reflect that. They're just kind of, like, they work uh, publicly, and then privately they're like, oh, yes, and I am a feminist, but they don't really do anything to kind of change that narrative or, like, make any films or work on any big projects that actually kind of, like, demonstrate that, like, kind of label the feminist label and Susan Sarandon is not that is not the case for her she has made so many um really interesting really weird but like movies that are like yeah women are powerful and cool like I don't know her filmography was really satisfying she 
like I said, she was in Rocky Horror Picture Show. If you don't know what the Rocky Horror Picture Show is, join Dama in this weird camp of zero exposure to the media. Um, Rocky Horror Picture Show um, was huge. And I want to say, like, oh, God, I'm going to sound so silly. Like, the 70s or 80s? Um, maybe 90s? <laughs> My mom went to screenings of it. And um, it was a really big, like, social um, phenomenon where people would go to movie theaters and they would screen this movie and it was hugely sex positive and like it like had a what is now like it's weird it's weird because it was so influential and so kind of like shocking and um and like sexually explicit when it came out um and like progressive I'm using that in like really big scare quotes but uh watching it now it's really dated and um like Tim Curry's character, um, who's this alien who's, um, trans, but they call it, like, the word uses transvestite, which really isn't used anymore, and it is, like, he's the villain, and, like, his, so, like, the whole thing is, like, he's an alien, and, like, humans are so stuck up, and, like, they don't really get, like, sexuality and all that kind of stuff, and then he's the, like his scary horror alien mansion is supposed to be um like this like haven of like sexual expression but and like Susan Sarandon and her like partner's character kind of come in and are like almost indoctrinated they come in like very stuffy and then they become um they really start identifying with the culture of the house but in the end, like, there's an alien mutiny, and, like, he's the bat, like, the trans character, or Tim, or, um, Dr. Frankenfurter, he's, like, very much the bad guy, and, um, like, really not respectful of, like, I feel like a huge, um, part of sex, like, like, just, like, sexual spaces, like, contemporarily, is, like, consent dialogue and respect like you can have group sex and it just has to be like a lot of like dialogue and a lot of like kind of comfort or like everyone has to be comfortable what's going on and he just like totally disrespects a lot of the time and like in this weird movie where they're trying to like make it okay and like start this conversation they're like still vilifying it which is weird um but <laughs> To wrap that up, Susan Sarandon is in this movie, um, which is amazing. Like, everyone who participated in this project was part of a, um, it came out in 1975. Fun fact. So yeah, 70s and 80s. I was right. Everyone can calm down. Um, but everyone who participated in this project was really part of a huge movement for kind of like unstifling sexual expression and especially the united states and the uk and yeah just cool that she was in it really really cool that she was in it um and she's a decent voice like she's definitely not like singer numero uno but she sounds good <laughs> and then the other like well i mean like all of her movies are very feminist but um probably the biggest one is Thelma and louise which is my favorite movie which i said earlier um that movie it's so good it's gina davis guys dear listeners gina davis is fascinating i'm we're gonna do an episode on her pretty soon because she's amazing she um is a olympic archer fun freaking fact um really really gorgeous and she started like the gina davis like center for like gender equality in film um and like conducts all these studies and has these like gave so much time and money yeah the gina davis institute on gender and media um and it like she has so many projects and like she too has like financially and like like emotionally invested her career like professionally um invested her career in like gender equality which is really really sick 
Um, but she and um, Susan Sarandon were in this movie, Thelma and Louise. Oh, it's my favorite. Oh, dang it. I was going to wear... I have a pair of socks that say, I'll be Thelma, you be Louise. Um, they're really, really cute, but I didn't wear them. Um, Thelma and Louise came out in 1991, and it's a movie about... Um, these two women who go like go on a road trip and have the time of their lives and they end up killing someone in self-defense and then um <coughs> like kind of running from the law um and uh, like it's just a really fun road trip movie because it's like just like women freaking bonding and like being with each other but in a really like platonic um, and loving way, it's, it's amazing, um, yeah, watch it, <laughs> it's so touching, um, I watched it when I was, like, 12, um, and if anyone's seen the movie, they should be like, what, <laughs> you what, um, I tried watching when I was 12, I don't really remember a lot of it, and I didn't really get it, um, I just knew, like, I think I'd heard my mom being like, this movie's amazing, and I was like, I get this movie, um, but then I watched it again this summer, and it was, like, really, really, truly amazing, um, so those are, like, my favorite Susan Sarandon movies, weirdly, I didn't watch either of them, whenever we do these, um, episodes, we pick a topic, or we pick a theme, usually an actor, or director, and that, or genre, and then Dominic and I watch a couple movies, um, within that and come and talk about it and I like to watch movies that I haven't seen before um, so I do think it's kind of funny that I'm talking about these movies right now <laughs> but I watched um, The Hunger uh, which is a lesbian vampire movie so it was super good and I started watching Little Women which I watched a lot when I was little um I don't know. I think I've seen it too many times. I started watching it and I was like, oh, no, thank you. <laughs> that very kind of you, but no. Um, but also two pretty explicitly feminist films. Like Little Women is an adaptation of the Louisa May Alcott book, Little Women. Um, Susan Sarandon plays Marmee, the mom. And that Louisa May Alcott was a huge feminist. Um, she wrote... Uh, she freaking she, she little women is not her only book she wrote a lot um all about women and family and she wanted to be a writer at a time when women weren't really allowed to write um in concord massachusetts um i've been on the tour of her house my mom loves little women um it i mean i think book adaptations are pretty funny um i'll touch on that a little later in our hour together um but it's about this family of all women um four daughters a mom and the father is away at um i think world war one and just like them figuring out life getting married having kids not getting married not having kids dying um really really touching and it is a really beautiful movie and it was kind of like watching it was a little bit like a hug but which I, again, we'll touch on later, but <laughs> I, like, I couldn't sit through it. I was not in the mood for Little Women last night. Um, I was in the mood for The Hunger. Um, really weird. David Bowie and Susan Sarandon and this woman, something to the new. Um, excuse me. David Bowie and Devin play vampires. And, um, David Bowie, like, dies, I guess. And then, um, Devenu, like, Anna Devenu or something, she kind of sets her sights on Susan Sarandon, and, um, everything goes well, but Susan Sarandon doesn't really acclimate to the lifestyle, and it all happens over a couple days. So, a lot of, like, some of it doesn't make a lot of sense. Um, a lot of really cool shots. Um, I love vampires, which, again, I'll talk about a little bit later on in the episode, but for now um i'm gonna leave you with those thoughts and i'm gonna play in a flash from an apology by isaiah contractor um this was came out like a couple weeks ago um vp did it's just a really cool like modern jazz album um so yeah uh, enjoy that and we'll be right back 
What's even better than Record Store Day? What about a day after Record Store Day party? The day after Record Store Day in the daytime, and you can bring a date or make it a day by hanging out from 2 to 7 p.m. CITR Radio 101.9 FM and Discorder Magazine are teaming up with CJSF 90.1 FM for the first ever Record Store Day after party on April 23rd. A one-stop shop all-day record fair with local vendors and performances by Co-op, Jerk Jail, Sad Photography, Elisa Thorne, and Pale Red. This event is just $5 a door and all are welcome. That's right, this party is all ages at Redgate Art Society on East Hastings. And if you can't make it, the event will be live broadcasted on CITR 101.9 FM and CJSF 90.1 FM all day. Save the date. Make it a day. Do you love the idea of empowering female youth through music creation and performance? Girls Rock Camp Vancouver is a 100% volunteer-driven nonprofit that promotes self-esteem and builds technical skills in female and non-binary youth ages 8 to 18. Help support this initiative by donating, volunteering, or attending their end-of-camp performance July 15th at the Rio Theater. If you're interested in being a camper or volunteering with Girls Rock Camp, visit girlsrockcampvancouver.ca. And welcome back to the real world on CITR 101.9 FM with just Dora. Um, I am alone today and it's really sad. I keep looking over to where Dom usually sits and I'm like, where are you? Why am I doing this by myself? What's the point? Um, a lot of really existential questions happening here on the real world. Um, the real world is the UBC Film Society's radio show where we try to connect with um, other clubs and ca- campus organizations through film. I was thinking about this the other day haven't really done that um we mostly just talk to each other um which is cool whatever 
I'm okay with it. Um, we are loosely talking about Susan Sarandon today. Um, the past like 30 minutes have just kind of been me being like, I love Susan Sarandon. Oh, um, you just heard um, Architect of Heartbreak featuring um, Staz the Boss, um, the Sun Sun remix off of Witch Prophet's um, The Architect of Heartbreak remixes album or ep or whatever um she kind of it's really interesting it's really cool to listen to um which prophet is this um r&b um artist kind of oh excuse me out of toronto and she just put out this ep of the same song remixed um by a bunch of different producers and it was really it's really cool it's really interesting um i would 10 out of 10 check it out and then right before that, we played Isaiah Contractors in a Flash um, off of his new album, An Apology. Um, this came out like a couple weeks ago. It's a really good modern jazz um, album. I really like it. You go, Isaiah. Thank you. <laughs> I'm in a pretty big uh, jazz mood. I feel like jazz is pretty soothing, um, which I think is like the most boring thought to have on jazz. Um, but I... I don't listen to it that much, but when I do, I am kind of like, yeah, like, this feels good. Like, I don't find it super stimulating, um, and then, like, in the instances where I feel like I should find it super stimulating, I find it, like, pretty forced, um, but I think, like, elevator jazz is just right for me. <laughs> I will take it. Um, Sebastian from La La Land will come and find me, and you know what? That's fine. I, I will live with that. I will stand by my thoughts of yes. Um... But um, my thoughts on jazz are kind of relevant because we have been talking about Susan Sarandon. I've just been talking about how much I really dig her as a person um, and as an artist. I think that she really goes out of her way to make films. Oh, my gosh. Excuse me. I don't know why I'm so tired. I swear I slept eight hours last night. Um, more than probably. Um, but she really she's one of those uh, performers who really goes out of their way to actively make films and um, work in, like, associate herself with projects that, um, really represent her political views, um, namely feminism. She makes a lot of, like, explicitly feminist movies, and all of her, um, all the characters that she plays are, um, quite powerful females without any real, like, demonizing or weird, you know, patriarchal tricks. <laughs> she really just kind of crushes, um, crushes that game. Which I find I really admirable. Um, and also, she is gorgeous. Come on, guys. If you don't think Susan Sarandon is one of the most beautiful people in the world, I don't want to be your friend. You can tune out right now because that's my stance. Um, but I gave a few little teasers uh, before we played um, those two songs. Um, about what I'm going to talk about for the rest of the episode. And that is kind of going a little more in depth about how my night went last night which is not very interesting and I'm sorry <laughs> but I started out I went to the library and I was like okay I'm gonna grab The Hunter and um, Little Women um because those movies are what I've decided that I'm gonna watch and um when I was there I was like you know what I'll also grab The Witches of Eastwick because I really like that movie and Susan Sarandon's in it and then I was like you know what I'm gonna grab Twilight because vampires it just made me think of it and I had to watch a movie for a class and I was like I'm just gonna grab that um so I leave with like five movies five or six movies I think um and I sit down and I watch the vampire one and it feels good it's a fun it's a bad vampire movie which is my genre I love it um and then I sit down for little women um and I'm like eh, okay maybe I'm, I'm kind of feeling more fun um, so I pop in this movie that I had to watch for class, which was really good. I wish I could remember the name. It's probably called, like, Far From Heaven. Um, it has Dennis Quaid and Julianne Moore and, oh, excuse me, gosh. And it, like, talks about, like, the perfect, like, when you are the perfect family, but you're not actually perfect. Like, Dennis Quaid is gay and, uh, Julianne Moore kind of falls in love with, um, an African-American and it's, like, the 1950s, like, Jim Crow, pre-civil rights movement, um, and I freaking cried like a baby. My roommate, um, 
heard me crying and was like, hey, are you okay? And I was like, I'm fine. This movie is just really, really sad. Um, I am a romantic. Um, it was so pretty. I like the 1950s were in America were like objectively like pretty hellish. But dang, they looked good. Beautiful dresses, like beautiful aesthetics. Um, uh, it just like really tickled me in a lot of ways. Like the colors were like always on point and it was very like very clearly like very manufactured. And I do like films where I like, I, I like films where it feels natural. Um, but then I also like, I think I love a little more films that are like so kind of stiff and curated. Um, and this movie was like, here is a fake leaf falling in front of the camera. Like, I, I don't know. I really, I really, really loved the aesthetic of it and the story itself. I thought was really beautiful. Um, look it up. Far from heaven. It's really good. Um, which has nothing to do with Susan Sarandon. So I felt kind of bad. Um, but then also at that point, I was in a hole of my own making. And I was like, you know what? I'm just going to watch Twilight. I'm just going to freaking do it. Um, Twilight is a really bad movie. Sorry, Catherine Hardwick. I love your work. But dang, that movie's bad. Um, but that's also why I really love it. Um, I guess it has something to do with like... Well, maybe not so much with Twilight because they... Um, I was, like, noticing throughout it, like, they did do a pretty good job of, like, it does feel like pretty natural dialogue. Like, the kids do seem like they're in high school and they're kind of talking to each other, um, like, the normal kids, like, and they're just, like, being high schoolers, which is, I think, like, pretty rare in movies. Um, high school can be, like, weirdly romanticized um, and, like, fetishized and, like, adulticized, like, the opposite of infantile, infantilized. Um... These were just, like, it was like the the actual high school students. I think they had really good actors, um, like Anna Kendrick in that movie, and she was really good. But they also, like, like, they're normal kids. And that's, like, so weirdly juxtaposed um, to, like, the vampire combos, which are so forced. I don't know if that was Katherine Hardrick's intention. I found it really entertaining and really satisfying. Um, but I was, like, thinking about it on the bus on the way here, and I was like, how can I explain away my, um, like, kind of devolution into Twilight? Like, The Hunger to Twilight, that kind of makes sense. Vampires, um, just, like, fun films. Um, but Thumb and Louise? But Little Women, like, how do I make this connection? And I realized, especially after, like, such a really awful week, like, I just needed comfort movies. Like, this is, and Susan Sarandon happens to be in a lot of movies that I find really comforting. Like, Little Women, I didn't sit, I didn't watch all of it, but, like, the the parts that I did see, I was, it felt so familiar and it felt really safe just because I'd seen it so many times. And also the movie that self kind of creates this, like, this is a family. These are kind of women in there. It's the beginning is in winter. So you kind of feel like very bundled up and it just felt like a little hug, which I said earlier. And, um, Susan Sarandon, I think has a very like comforting, like warm presence on screen. Um, like in The Hunger, she is this kind of like smart, sexy doctor. Um, but that's not like, like, she's also very charismatic. Like, when I see her on screen, maybe just because I've seen um, a lot of movies where she does, where she is like quite a comforting character, like, she brings this kind of warmth that I think a lot of like David Bowie and Ava DuVernay didn't really bring. Um, in Little Women, obviously, she's Marmy. She brings that. In Thelma and Louise, she's just, like, really warm, charismatic um, best friend. In Rocky Horror Picture Show, there's kind of something about her um, that makes her almost, like, like you, like, kind of susceptible to the Rocky Horror lifestyle. But every movie that I have seen Susan Sarandon in, um, she... And she's played a very diverse range of characters. 
I don't want to like say that her filmography is a monolith. It's really not. It's very diverse. She plays mothers, daughters, girlfriends, wives, friends, um, fiancés, um, really, which I guess is kind of, I kind of regret saying that. Like also like doctors and uh, like students and professionals, strong people. <laughs> um, but she brings us really human, warm. I don't like the word that keeps coming to mind is gritty. Um, but it's not really gritty. Like it's just like emotional. The, like the fact that she is emotional and that the fact that she like has experiences and that like creates traction and friction in lives because it does. Um, and she brings that to the screen so well. Um, I was so captivated. I am still so captivated. I'm going to go home and watch like 12 more of her movies. Um, and Twilight doesn't really do that, but it does feel to me, like personally, I like watch a lot of that when I was a kid, I was a huge Twilight. It like, it feels very, um, comforting. Um, and Susan Sarandon as an actress kind of brings this level of comfort, um, to her films that I think a lot of actors find it really hard to do. Um, like she's probably one of the only actors, um, whose films I've seen where I'm like, oh, I kind of want to hang out with you. Like, you seem like a normal, nice, um, kind of kind person, um, despite the fact that she's played such a, a diverse um, array of characters. Because she herself, I think, like, obviously I don't know her, and this is a really dangerous thing to say about celebrities. Like, kind of talked about it a little bit in my paper and that, like, <laughs> I bring it all back. I tie it all up. All the loose ends get tied here at the real world on CITR 1.9 but I talk about a little bit of paper in that like with this like level of social media exposure and like reality television kind of allowing audiences to be like oh I know you like you're being real and like this reality and accessibility and like idea of human connection like through the screen is so um appealing and so kind of rampant um that when it's not real like obviously these are professionals who are using um platforms available to them to create and perpetuate their brand um if it's like uh like especially like perpetuating like social and cultural capital um like for economic capital it's just like really dangerous to say that like you don't know like no you wouldn't know them you don't know them you d won't know them and you can't know them um but because you feel like you do it it gets really blurred. Um, but Susan Sarandon, I think I, re I would think I would really like her as a human. Um, I don't know. I would tweet us your thoughts. We don't have a Twitter, but try to tweet us. Um, gosh, I'm freaking talked out. Susan Sarandon, comfort movies, comfort food. Yesterday I had just like a huge bowl of fried rice. Well, I don't really think anyone really cares. Um, I'm going to play, um, a couple PSAs and ads, and then we'll be right back. Ever had a hankering to ski the world-famous slopes of Whistler? Boy, do we have great news for you. Escape the city in one of Zipcar's many mountain-ready vehicles. Plus, get $30 back in free driving credit when you tweet a selfie on the slopes at Zipcar Vancouver. Zipcar. Wheels when you want them. Tune in to La Fiesta every other Sunday from 3 to 5 p.m. with your host, Nick Arana. Listen to internationally acclaimed Musica Latina Calente that makes your body move and your heart beat. What, what is CITR's reputation, being that it's been around for so long? Well, I mean, it's, you know, it's very active in the community because it's run by community members and uh, UBC students, obviously. Whether you're into radio as a hobby or whether you want to get some uh, real-world experience, it's a great place to go. It's like a very open and creative environment. Everybody that's, you know, working here seems really jazzed about what, they, what they're doing at the station. Just lots of really, like, good, like, challenging music and spoken word content. It's a, it's a great station. CITR 101.9 FM. Broadcasting from Vancouver, British Columbia, 
on unceded Coast Salish Musqueam territory. Learn how to get involved at CITR.ca. Dans la nuit, mon âme s'éveille, le soleil brille dans tes yeux. Mes petits gestes t'émerveillent, ton cœur brûle de nouveaux feux. Une lumière émane de toi, mes rires sonnent dans ta musique. Une étincelle dans ta voix, égaye ma vie poétique. Avec tes lunettes roses, tu chasses mes idées moroses. Papa, 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 la joie Rigole à toi s'entremêle, je m'enchante de tes histoires, je veux vivre dans un manège, tu souris au temps qui passe, la routine me prend au piège, tu me sauves de mes impasses, avec tes lunettes roses, tu chasses mes idées moroses, papa, 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 la joie en petite avec tes lunettes roses, yeah, papa, 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 mon dans ta mire, ton sourire me va à ravir. Oh, oh, oh papa, on n'a pas toujours échangé des mots avec complicité. Oh, oh, oh papa, tes yeux s'expriment avec amour et je pardonne aux mauvais Au trésor, ton cœur offre sans regret ses recettes et tout son or. Notre vie, une boîte à surprise. Le temps s'effrite un peu trop. Tes mots sont mes friandises. Ta présence est mon cadeau. Avec tes lunettes roses, tu chasses mes idées moroses. Papa, 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 la joie en petite Avec tes lunettes roses. Ooh. 
Welcome back to The Real World on CATR 101.9 FM. That was Let It Fall by Honora off of her album Post-Romantic Stress Disorder. I love this album. It's so good. Um, She's out of Montreal. She's so freaking talented. It's like honestly incredible. Um, Every time someone is like, oh, I really quickly, I need a song. I'm like, check out Honora. Check out Post-Romantic Stress Disorder. It's amazing. Um, Right before that, we played Annie Comtois uh, with... Oh gosh, Tis Lunettes Roses. Um, I don't speak French. She does, and that song was in French, also out of Montreal. Shocking. Um, this has been a pretty weird episode of the Real World, and I want to apologize. Um, uh, but also like you know what, Rocket. It's I think it's um it was pretty fun. I had fun. Um, talking about Susan Sarandon really made me realize like how much I actually adore her um I always knew that I like really liked her but uh I find her so fascinating and I think she's really talented um and really like she has a freaking backbone she like is a human um which is nice um good luck um dear people with freaking all this school stuff um it's honestly so wild, um, which is why I needed the comfort movies, I think, um, and why I need Susan in my life, but it was exhausting. Shout out to Dama if you're listening. Um, working hard. Not here, but working hard. We miss you. Uh, the listeners for sure miss you, um, and I miss you just because, hey, what's up? Um, so... Thank you so much for listening. I know this has kind of been like a what is going on kind of deal. Um, but have a great day. Happy Friday. You freaking made it. Um, the end of the week. The end of a school year, I guess. Um, tonight is the So Loki show at the Vancouver Arts and Leisure Center. I don't know if um, you listeners are fans, but So Loki is really amazing. Um, I just thought I'd plug them because they're cool. Um really nice they're just like really nice people i'm sensing a pattern i think i just really like when people are nice and real um film talk if anyone cares um (laughs) we had our exec turnover a couple weeks ago i'm no longer chairperson i know weep for me and my career i'm gonna be freaking chilling um dama is actually co-chair with a beautiful young woman marissa um trying to get them on the show it's so hard coordinating people. They just don't seem to want to do it. But we're going to have that coming up in a couple of weeks. Just kind of getting everyone and introducing them. Um, I think will be really fun and valuable for anyone who cares. Um, we are starting. This is probably like our first promo. So you got some inside scoop for Film Sock. Um, we're starting our 35 millimeter club um, up again. It was a really big thing. Um, about five or 10 years ago um we have in our movie theater we have two 35 millimeter projectors um and we would bring um we kind of host seminars to teach people how to do it um and then we would watch a movie on 35 mil but that has stopped um especially because a lot of um film production is digital now so we're kind of re restarting it we did a little bit last year but we um our theater manager mike was running it and he's a really really busy student and uh, he works in the film industry so he was always kind of um it never really I don't think finished um but we're starting it back up um it's gonna be the first session is gonna be June 1st at the Cinematheque the lovely um Tim the projectionist there who actually has his own show copy and paste is going to be teaching people how to do it um film production projection is weird um it's something that 
a lot of people who know kind of film I guess or who are into film are pretty passionate about but it's really something that is dying um people don't really know as much um and so this is kind of like our way of me it's kind of selfish because I'm like I want to learn teach me I will create a space for me to learn um but also anyone who's interested you just have to be a member of film society it's free so literally anyone can just kind of walk in and do it it's it's membership is free it's five dollars for seven sessions um which I think is a really good deal and then at the end we're gonna have kind of a pizza and prize night so yeah it's gonna be really fun and it's gonna be really interesting and really hopefully informative um and we'll just be spreading film knowledge um so I'm pretty excited about that. Um, that's probably the biggest one. Summer's weird, y'all. Um, but that does conclude the episode. Um, thank you so much for listening to me. Um, you didn't have to, so that feels good. Um, I'm just going to close the show with Boykins. Uh, boy, whoa, Boy Kings. I've been watching a lot of Riverdale and everyone calls him or Archie Archiekins, which I think is the most annoying nickname ever. And I wish they would stop. Um, but I've been kind of saying that in my brain, like my sister's name is Claire. I'll be like, hey, Clarakins. And she's like, no, no, stop. And I'm like, I'm sorry. Um, but Boy Kings um, off of Pale Red's um, new album, Soft Opening. Pale Red is such also such nice people um, and really, really good. This album is so good. Um, so yeah, enjoy that and happy Friday. Thanks for tuning in.